Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of The Finance Bro, where we have real conversations with real people about money. Today, I have Yinka on the show, who's the president of the Financial Literacy Institute and also a co-host of the On The Fly podcast. Now, the podcast I was on actually a couple of weeks ago, very good episode, very good conversation. So if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, I'm going to link the show in the description below. So please be sure to check it out and leave some comments, you know, let us know what you think. But before we jump too far into the conversation, Yinka, can you please introduce yourself and then we'll go from there, my brother. Yeah, of course, of course. And I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. And again, uh, it's an honor to be on, on your podcast. So yeah, nonetheless, again, my name is Yinka. My full name is Ole Yinka Famadu. Uh, it's really awesome. And I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks back, but my first name, be it Ole Yinka, actually means wealth surrounds me. And again, we can get into that where the wealth, mm -hmm. right? Exactly, right? Where the wealth doesn't necessarily just mean financial, right? Because as you and I both know, wealth is a very open-ended term. Um, and my 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 dad named me because he's Nigerian. One of my parents, he named me Ole Inka because my wealth is my six older siblings. Um, but now I'm making that a double, triple, quadruple entendre, right? Because a bunch of mm. things are wealth. But nonetheless, that's my name. Uh, I am a fifth-year biomedical engineer at the University of Akron, who also is, you know, trying to scale his financial uh, literacy business himself, right? So I also have my two business partners. They were on uh, the podcast a couple of weeks back. We got um, Zachary Owen and Sean Lacey. Shout out to you guys. I know you guys are going to watch this. And uh, yeah, you know, this, this is something that I'm excited to kind of expound on today because I know you and I are both in this niche, um, but nonetheless, again, that's a little bit of who I am and you're going to learn more about me as we go throughout this, throughout this call. So I'm excited. All right. So for the listeners, Yinka is a financial coach like myself. So to kind of jump into the conversation, you know, I guess the first question that I really want to ask is what, what drove you to become passionate about personal finance? Because it's typically yeah. something that people kind of shy away from. So it typically when you find somebody that is really passionate enough, especially enough to teach it to people and help yeah. people with it, typically there's something that they, they experienced that drove them towards yeah. that. So what happened yeah. for you? Absolutely. See, it's interesting because like you mentioned, like there's that catalyst in our lives, right? For me, probably that biggest catalyst was finding that silver lining that was in COVID time. So like, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I'm a student and about two and a half years ago, like peak COVID, right? It was at that time when in school, you know, classes were online or classes were canceled, events were online, events were canceled, right? And I took a lot of the time that COVID gave me and I took advantage of it, right? So mm -hmm. I was the kind of guy who, whether maybe classes were online and, you know, I got Microsoft Teams, turned my camera off, but on my other side of my, my different, my phone and my computer or something else, I have YouTube on, I'm listening to Anthony O'Neill doing all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I always was like, I wanted to learn things that school didn't teach me during school hours where now I kind of have a little bit of the time, right? Cause I'm not in class. So I was kind of it's playing a little bit of risky there, but again, no risk, no reward. Um, but let's go a level deeper right now. Why did I do that? I could have did anything with that time. Now, why did I do that? For me, I grew up in a household, which again, I would never change. I never changed the way I was raised, but I grew up in a household where my parents, I love them so much. I have so much respect for them. They did not have the best relationship with money, right? So they were always saying things like, uh, like we would drive in a, in a neighborhood in Minnesota where I'm from and, you know, nice neighborhood, nice lavish neighborhood. And they'd be like, they, we see a nice house. We'd be driving by. Oh, why do, why do people need that much space in that house or see a nice car? They don't need that kind of car. It's a waste of money. And I'd repetitively hear these conversations, hear these conversations. But then I'd also be tapping into, you know, think at the time back in the day, whether it's Dave Ramsey or Anthony O'Neill or Robert Kiyosaki, the list goes on. And they'd be saying something else and they've made it, right? So I'm listening to people who've made it, who I've never met. And then I'm listening to people who I love and respect, which my parents didn't necessarily make it financially. Now they made it, obviously my parents probably have different goals. 
Um, but they just had a negative connotation with money. So I understood and I kind of asked myself, I'm like, okay, so if I become wealthy one day, will my parents, you know, resent me? Because it seemed like they didn't, they didn't really like, or they kind of resented like people who were wealthy, right? So I would have this conversation with myself and I started to understand that money really amplifies the person you already are, whether you're a bad person amplifies that, whether you're a good person amplifies that, right? And me understanding myself, my, my core values is going to amplify my core values. So I wanted to change that paradigm because for me, I want to make sure that the family that I raised in my future has a positive relationship with money, mm-hmm. right? So again, kind of growing up with a negative connotation and want to change to a positive one. Now having the time that was two and a half years ago, I definitely took advantage of that time. And again, I love to tell people, I listened to the podcast. I watched the YouTube videos. I read the books. I talked to the mentors. Like I did deep learning on understanding these kinds of things that COVID gave me the time to do, which I'm very grateful for. But then even on top of that, right? During COVID as a student, whether it was from my university, because my university did this, or it was the government, um, they did like COVID um, checks, right? If you're familiar, like with the COVID checks that happened a couple of years back, right? Whether it was like the you know $1,200 or X amount of dollars or whatever. Yeah. So me being a FAFSA student, right? My school gave me a $1,200 check and it was actually came to keep 100, it was three times. It was like three different years, which is like yeah. two and a half, something like that, three different semesters, something, something like that. But then also as well, it was the um, it was the government that did the same thing, right? It was twelve hundred dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, at the same time, I'm learning while also getting this money. I'm like, hold on, I now can understand what to do with this. Whether it's paying off debt, like I was paying off my car at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and I ended up paying it off like way faster than I than I planned to, which is amazing because I had this information. And or it was, you know, understanding now how credit cards work and I can apply to a credit card. Now, again, I got my car paid off. My parents put my you know, my name on their on a Comcast bill. So I'm building some credit there. Right. Or even just opening up my Roth IRA, doing things like that. I'm like, wow, this is such a unique time for me not only to learn, but I also have assets that I can now do stuff with, pay off debt, invest, you know, X, Y, Z. So all these kinds of things from growing up with a negative connotation of money and wanting to change that paradigm to taking advantage of the time that COVID gave me but also even take advantage of the money that I was, I was kind of given, which I'm very grateful for. I put all these things together and that's now where I'm at today with my personal endeavors, whether it's FLI or my things I'm also working on in the background. It's like, it's just so many things that had to align up for me to, you know, really take financial literacy to that next level. So you, you hit on something being time. And I like talking about time a lot because I'm sure you see it with clients as well, but and not even just with clients, but whatever it is, be it, you know, getting your money together, fitness, you know, building relationships, whatever it is, but it's easy. Like now you said, you know, you had time because, you know, COVID slowed things down and you were filling that time with positive things, which is, right. which is awesome because you see a lot of people fill that time with things that don't, don't necessarily pay it forward for them. Yeah. However, how would you, how would you address a person that felt like they didn't have time? And still need to do those things. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? I think you and I come across these people all the time. And maybe those are the people we're trying to convert as clients, right? right? So mm-hmm. it's very interesting because when people come up to me, now they know me as a money guy. Hey, Yinka, you know, how can I start investing? How can I get my budget right? Da, 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 da. It's very interesting you're bringing up time because one of the first questions I usually ask them is, show me your calendar. And they're like, hold on, Yinka, I asked you for a budget. I'm like, correct, you did. Show me your time budget. And they're like, that's not what I meant. I'm like, okay, let's take a step back for a second. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to understand how to manage your money if you don't have your time on lock? Why? Well, think about it. If you want to get financially free, why is that? It's to do whatever you want, wherever you want, with whoever you want, wherever you want to do it, whenever you want to. 
-hmm. that key last part is whenever you want to, right? So it's like, we want to become financially free so we can do whatever we want, whenever we want to do it. The power of choice. The power of choice, absolutely, right? And obviously, as you and I know, time is the most valuable asset, not money. And people get that confused all the time, right? At a young age, sure, you have all the time in the world, no money. Okay, I understand that. But then once you start to understand the value of your time, then at the end of the day, we're probably going to be paying money for our time back. It's going to be the inverse. So to directly answer your question, I like to tell people, if you kind of think about money as a value of your time, which it really, really is. And if you're familiar with Alex Mosey, which I'm pretty sure you are, he talks about this all the time, where he thinks of, let's say, if you were to buy, and again, it takes a different kind of mindset to think about this, but if you're trying to buy something, what's $100, $1,000, doesn't matter. Instead of looking at the price Think about a, how much time would it take to attain that money, attain that kind of money to purchase that item? Because then that makes you think about it differently. Ooh, am I going to spend 67 hours on these new Jordans? Mm, I don't know. See, now that 67 hours. Think about that for a second. That's okay. That changes your whole thinking about it, right? So for me, to for when people say, I don't have the time, I don't want to learn this. It's very interesting because this is one of those topics that you're going to have to learn in life, whether it's sooner or later. I don't know. I mean, I, I do know about you, but if I'm not, if I wasn't talking about you, like, I don't know about you, my guy, but I'd rather get myself set now because choose your heart. Are you going to choose it now? Are you going to choose it later? The heart's going to come. It's inevitable. I want to choose it now when I might have the time to choose it. That's a whole mm -hmm. other thing. Have the time to, the time to choose it. I'm young. You know, I can make mistakes. It is what it is. And I have time to rebound. But for me, it's something where I want my success to come sooner in life. Right. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, trying to, you know, chase a dream that's too far away or trying to be um, too expedient where I'm not, you know, trusting the process. No, but for me, I'm the kind of guy where, you know, time is of the essence and I want to make sure I maximize on that time. But again, it goes back to being able to budget that time. So when people tell me, I don't have the time. Yeah, you do. Do you, do you budget it? Do you manage it correctly? Mm, okay. Let's work on that first before I show you how to budget. That's how I address that. Good question. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great answer because, and I like the, the time budget piece, because I also do the same thing. And so I, I like to hit on that with people because it's important for them to understand that the time is there. It's just how you use it. And yeah. there's, when you start seeing the wasted time like that. And I, so one of the things I like to have people do is, Hey, when, like we talk about the time budget, Hey, for a week, I want you to just track everything you're doing. And you know, the amount of hours spent on Instagram, on the phone, watching, you know, TV, doing all of these things like, yo, you have the time. It's just not being used properly. So Absolutely. I tell people, yo, don't say you don't have time. You just, you need to figure out what needs to be removed so that you can use the time efficiently. Priorities. Yeah, absolutely. And at priorities, right? So prioritize, being able to prioritize is, is huge. So speaking of prioritization, how do you, how would you recommend someone getting started with, you know, getting their money together to learn how to prioritize? Yeah, no. So great question. Right. And for me, it really, it goes beyond the numbers. I like to tell people, I mean, money is just a number. If you're able to extract the emotion, that's great. But that takes, you have to, you have to get a little bit into it to understand that if you are able to extract your emotion, right. Again, that takes a while, but with the emotion still there and tap into it, you have to understand and define your why. Like, why do you even want to do this? Because if you just try to tell somebody randomly, oh, you should budget. I got to open up a Roth IRA. They're not going to really do it if they don't if they don't see the reason why they're doing it. Sure, they might see the numbers, da, 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 but they might not want to do it because 
you know, they, they might have more emotion tied to their money. So they want to let it go. Right. Or, you know, they have different intentions with their money, whether it's buying liabilities or, you know, this, that, and the third. So if someone really wants to get their finances right, or you try to explain why they should tap into the emotion, not in a negative slimy way. No, but what do, what do you want your future family to look like? Legacy, right? How do you want, you know, to be able to uh, have a, maybe a beautiful, beautiful marriage or something like that? How, how does retiring your parents, how does that make you, what does that make you look, what does that make you, you know, think about or look, what does that look like to you, right? Um, so these are all kinds of questions that I would ask. And I also ask myself, you know, back when I really got into this, is for me to be financially free and taking the necessary steps, whether it's budgeting, investing, paying off debt, building businesses, whatever, it's understanding that for me, and I'll talk about myself specifically, I would love, and this is still the goal, a couple things. I would love to not only retire my parents, again, you hear a lot of people say that, yeah. but for me, I've had, I've graciously had the opportunity to have both my parents in my life and for me to pay it back to them tenfold, not only just financially, right? Primarily financially, because I mentioned they didn't have the best connotation of money. So it'd be great to bless them monetarily. And then it's like, hold on, my son is wealthy. Hmm, maybe not all wealthy people are bad. Hmm, paradigm shift for mm-hmm. them, right? So for me, that's one of my deeper whys. My dad's getting up there in age, so I really would like to do that. Um, my mom, you know, she's killing it at her job, all these kinds of things. But again, I would, I would love to see her relax. Um, see, so I'm tapping into my emotion, right? That's a why of why things I do that I do. Another reason is for me wanting to even build my family and cultivate my family. For me, being completely honest, I, like I mentioned, study engineering. Right now, mind you, going into college my freshman year, I mean, my dad is an industrial engineer, right? So STEM was probably already in the cards for me. But if I really had this kind of passion or I knew of things like this, at you know my freshman year, I probably would have chosen a different major. Now that's not to knock on engineering, but that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> right? But for me, I would love to be able to give my kids the opportunity to really tap into fundamentally, and even maybe potentially be entrepreneurs. I think that'd be awesome. Build a business out of whatever their passion is, but to go absolutely one hundred percent in whatever they want to do and have it be one thousand percent independent of money, mm-hmm. right? So keeping a buck for me going into engineering my, my freshman year, it was the primary force was monetary. Right. I think, I think everyone is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that's something I don't want for my kids. Right. So I'm basically saying all these things because to get someone started, you have to understand why they're doing it. Right. So, and you must be familiar with this, but like the smart gold method, right. That's a whole nother thing. I love working with my clients on day one, our first session, we set financial smart goals, right. So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely. And the, the most key uh, letter in that acronym is the relevant, right. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? What does this pertain to? Right. Cool. Specific, measurable. How can you measure attainable? What does that look like? Uh, or, you know, how do you what do you have to do to attain it? Right. Timely when you get executed. But the R, why are you doing this in the first place? Why is this even a goal? Like, what are you what are you trying to achieve here? Um, that's something that before I even get someone acquainted with after we get after they get past the why. Okay, now we get to the zero based budget. Right. That's step one. But prior to the zero based budget, we sit down, we understand what does financial freedom look like to you? What does it feel like to you? right? Maybe what does it taste like to you, right? The kinds of foods, like we really start to tap into that, right? And it's something that, if I'm not mistaken, if you're familiar with the book, I Will Teach You Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, he talks about the philosophy of a rich life, right? He talks about, again, what does it look like, smell like, taste like, sound like, feel like, right? Mm-hmm. It just is getting you in that emotional state to really drive the fire that's inside you to start to get to do the things that maybe aren't as favorable, like sacrificing things monetarily, or, you know, getting your butt up early in the morning to go to an extra job or whatever thing like these are things people don't want to do but if you have a driving force inside you oh then you're really going to do it no matter what it is mm. so in yeah. that that art that you hit in relevancy another piece 
because I, I I do the smart goal planning too. And I like the that you brought up the relevancy because another issue that I've seen is many people aren't able to dig deep to keep working towards their goals because the goals they're chasing aren't theirs. Mm, yeah, no, see, and I, and I like that a lot. And I can even speak, you know, to that of myself where, like I mentioned, studying engineering. And again, I love and respect my dad. He's absolutely my hero in my life. But the only influence I had going into college was, you know, the influence of STEM, right? And out of all my siblings, I'm the only engineer. And so my dad probably really wanted to make his last one just like him, which again, I'm not mad at. And I probably, probably wouldn't hundred percent change because I love the, love the place that I'm at right now. Right. But kind of vicariously him living through me, that's something that was probably a little bit of his dream. Right. And again, going back to that R for me, that's something that number one, I would respectfully love for my children to not have to go through. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever they're already tapping into at a young age, Oh, you want to, you're already interested in this. Hmm. Okay. Now you kind of, I kind of, you know, instill some of those entrepreneurial skills into them. So maybe they can expound on that themselves, but really another roadblock in this kind of thing, right. Is people don't want to get deep. Now, this is very interesting. This is another thing I talk about in our, in our sessions where it's like, okay, as your coach, tell me as much as you want to tell me. And obviously, you know, feel comfortable. Uh, you, you don't have to tell me everything. Right. But the more you tell me, the more I know how to help you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I understand for a lot of people, finances can be a very touchy subject. Yeah. But without that vulnerability, then there really is no growth. Right. And that's why we call it FYFAC, financial accountability coaching. Right. Because we want to make sure we're there by you every step of the way. And we're actually holding you to what you're going to say you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we want to make sure, you know, even in our community, where you have guys around you, guys and gals around you that are doing it with you. They're also equally as vulnerable, right? Because I think I, I'm a sucker for vulnerable, honest and candid conversations because for me, like facades or things that are put up or a wall, it's just inauthentic. And again, this is all kind of uh, all feelings, no facts. Inauthenticity to me is just, it's not, it's not something that's conducive for actual growth, right? Because it might be hard. And again, we're talking about finances because there's all, all other, other realms of life but when you can really get real about what your issues are, then again, for people who are knowledgeable in that area that can help you, they know exactly how they can help you, right? They yeah. know exactly where you are, right? And that's what I love. Shout out to a lot of the guys in the FAC program, guys and girls in the FAC program. We're letting them know, hey, we are literally here to help. We've been in your space. We know what it's like. I even, I'm very transparent. Like I mentioned a little bit before how I extract my emotion from money, right? If you're able to get to a place where money is literally just the number, no matter if you have a hundred thousand, greater than a hundred thousand dollar negative net worth, it is what it is. But if you know you're X, you're, you're at X and you really want to get to Y, right? Okay, well, we really understand. We really need to understand what got you here and how we need to get to there. But if you're not telling me, I can only help you as, as, as far as you, you know, let me in, right? I can't really help you as, as if I'm standing outside the house, you gotta let me inside the house, right? To so let me help. So, you know, just kind of creating a nice, comfortable space, making sure that, you know, they're feeling comfortable. They're feeling, they're feeling that they're at ease. And obviously, again, as you know, uh, being able to like show testimonials that, yeah, you can hear it from me as the business owner, but hear from the other people in the community, right? We're here. Mm -hmm. We want to help. Um, but we understand that's a roadblock. And that's something that, again, we want to make sure we cultivate that transparent uh, um, environment. So that also comes from us as the coaches as well, showing our transparent stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you're spot on with that because that's the whole reason my first book was called The In The Smoker Mindset. It's because yeah. the first thing that I like to address with anyone I sit down with is their mindset. Because if you yeah. if they're not mentally in a place to 
make the numbers on these spreadsheets and stuff that we're creating working, yeah. it's never going. It's never going to work if they're if they can't be disciplined enough to got to not go spend money on Amazon every day or to not go to to brunch and not be able to tell someone no when they get asked to go to brunch three times a week and things like that. If you can't get over that, it doesn't matter what we put on the list because you're never going to see it through. You're always going to yeah. fall back to your original habits and your original mindset. Mm -hmm. If right. if there's something that you know, I recommend, like for instance, one of the things in the book I talked about one of my friends was like their rent in the area that they lived in was extremely expensive. And I was okay. like, yo, you should just move here with these two friends, you know, these two people, y'all yeah. can live together. And then that'll cut down on your living expenses, which would free up X amount of dollars for you. And then you'll be able to, you know, pay off debt, save money, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you do this for a year, you're going to be, this is where you could be. And right. That process of getting them from that initial conversation to actually doing it was like probably about a like year and a half, two years. But because they had to fight through so many other things, the family didn't agree with it. Right? Why would you do that? You got your own place. Well, and it's just so many different factors that they have to work through, which makes it difficult. Because yeah. as a person that are dealing that's dealing with financial issues, you already feel vulnerable. You feel like you know you don't own yourself. You don't own your time. You don't, you right. don't know, you don't, you don't feel confident in this, the decisions that you're making. So mm -hmm. when you are doing something and someone is coming with a very different perspective on how to get out of this situation, but the people that you grew up with, you love and you trust are like making it seem like that actually isn't a good idea. It, they, it, it puts you in a dilemma. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, do I trust this person who I, I know like everything in my mind is telling me that they know what they're talking about and this could go correctly for me, but my family's saying that I shouldn't do it. And like, I know my family, I trust my family. I love my family, but something that we all have to understand is that we can love our family, but we also have to know what's best for us. And we That's shouldn't let problem. our trust and love and loyalty for anybody, you know, misdirect our, you know, our, our actions and our decisions from moving us where we need to be. And yeah. sometimes we have to step out on a limb. And, you know, I, I like to tell people, too, is, OK, you know, if you sit down and you look at those people telling you that that's not the right answer. Look at them and tell me where you see the right answer at. Mm. And they like, well, I none of them are good with money. None of them. Do. So then why would you take their guidance on mm -hmm. the, the way to get out of this as opposed yeah. to someone that, you know, has done it? They do it, you know, and we'll make sure that you're getting the right information and we'll encourage you and hold you accountable along the way. Absolutely. And they're like, and it, and it flips that, you know, that whole perspective for them. Yeah. No. And, you know, while you were saying that, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, why, you know, obviously you love and respect your family as you should, that, that makes total sense. But if you're seeing that they're not in a place that you want to be financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, socially, whatever the aspect is, obviously we're talking about financially, like you can still love them, respect them but why are you taking advice from someone who's not in a position that you want to be in, right? It's like, if you want to become fit, why are you taking, you know, fitness advice from someone who's obese? I'm just keeping it, I'm just keeping it real right now. Obviously you, can, you can translate that to whatever you want to, but mm -hmm. it's like, you have to really think about that as, okay, they have their best intentions for me and they love me and they respect, you know, the things that I ultimately will do, but they also aren't in the position that I want to be in. So why would I listen to that? Right. But again, it's all, it's all dependent on the person, but that's a great point. Right. And something I even wanted to talk about, and I know you're big into this, right. Is habits. Mm. Right. And what's very interesting about this is I'm going to make a, a, a small parallel between like finances and the gym. 
right? Because I know, again, you're big into finance and you're big in the gym, right? You're big into everything. You're killing it, right? <laughs> um, I think what's very interesting is that I love talking about the gym so much because the gym can teach you so many things that are transferable across like so many different aspects of life, especially finances, right? Because mm-hmm. think about like discipline, tenacity, grit, um, you know, being responsible, being, you know, doing just doing the stuff that you don't really even want to do, but knowing that has a great outcome for you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting because what I like telling people, you may or may not have read the book, but Atomic Habits, it's a great book, yeah, yeah. Where, right? Great book talks about the, the philosophy of habit stacking, mm-hmm. right? So it's like to kind of change your whole, because you were talking about mindset, and I think that's so beautiful. Before you can start really with anything financial, it really just starts in here. It absolutely starts in here. Like before you become wealthy in your bank account, you have to first become wealthy in here. It, this mm-hmm. is absolutely reflective of what's going on in here, right? So if you're broke, well, it's here. If you're rich, it's, well, definitely it's in here, right? Um, so for me and hopefully for the listeners who are listening to this, you need to understand the fundamentals of having really solid habits. And again, for a lot of people, even in the uh, FLI community, if we have a, a nice little tab in the Discord, it talks about fitness, right? Now, mind you, we're a financial services company, but we also talk about fitness. Why? Because again, if you are going to be able to stick to even though we're not, you know, telling people, hey, do this fitness because we're not a fitness, you know, company. But if we have a little fitness tab where people are able to like post their daily photos of them at the gym, right? It's that consistency, that, it's that accountability. It's that, oh, if I don't, I don't go to the gym and post the photos today, ooh, they're going to know I didn't go to the gym. Now, what's that translatable to do? Oh, man, if I don't, you know, get my budget on point and then in our next FAC meeting, da, 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 right? Oh, if I don't, da, 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 da. it's like if you really think about all the things it takes to go to the gym, to stay consistent in the gym, to, you know, track your progress in the gym, like all these things you're learning here, that's something that's relatively simple. You just have to start picking up some weights and writing the weights you pick up down. It's really yeah. not that hard. Maybe start taking some photos. I mean, that's that's next level, but it's not too far off, right? Yeah. All these skills are going to now start to transfer into your diet into your education, to your finances, into your social skills, into your spirituality, right? But again, it starts with the habits that are able to change your mindset. So I think that's a, that's a beautiful point talking about the mindset because it definitely starts there. Yeah, you know, so I'm definitely big into fitness too. And you know, I, I like that parallel that you use because then I like to build on it as well because people like, you know, people ask sometimes like, yo, why do you talk about fitness so much with finance? And I, I agree with you. I think it, they are intertwined. And the reason I Absolutely. believe that is, if you think about it, let's just say you decide that you want to get fit and get healthy, right? Well, if you're getting fit, you're getting healthy, which means you're probably going to eat cleaner. If you're eating cleaner, right. that means your grocery bill is going to go down because you're not spending all this money on junk food. It affects your budget, right? In a positive Ex- way, right? Ex- and then also now if you've j- dedicated your life to going to the gym, you're getting healthy, you're staying in shape, your heart strong. You've also lo- limited your amount of medical bills that you're going to have over time, which means you're going right. to, you're not going to c- out- come out of pocket for those things. Life insurance so, as well. All these things, you know, yeah. like, so all of the, uh, they, it has so many more effects, like positive outcomes for you from, from getting into the gym, but yeah. also those other pair, like you said, the discipline, like, yo, the waking up at five 30 in the morning to go to the gym at, when you don't want to, when you're tired, when you were working till, you know, one o'clock in the morning the day before <laughs> it, the, yeah. it's easy to say, Oh, well, you know, I stayed up late, so I'm going to miss it. But the person that really wants to get out here and get it, there's no excuses. I'm going to get up. And like, if I want to make sure I get sleep, then I'm going to figure out how to get my work faster, done, done faster during the day. And I'm going to, but I'm not going to miss it because I told myself I'm going to do it when you can be, when you can, when you can hold your word to yourself, that's when you, because that's the hard part. It's, yeah. it's easy. It's easy to keep your word to someone else. It's hard to keep a word to yourself because that means you have to hold yourself accountable to it. Yeah. But when you have, when you're the person holding yourself accountable, it's easy to ignore it. Who's going to, who's going to address you if you don't do it. 
Sure. So it's a lot more difficult to hold yourself accountable. But like I tell people all the time, I mean, you have people talk about accountability partners and things all the time. I don't think a person should even, even approach an accountability partner until they've proven to themselves that they can hold themselves accountable. Because at the end of the day, an accountability partner, what are they going to do? They, can't, they still can't do it for you, right? Sure. So if you can't be honest with yourself and hold yourself accountable, then they, you're wasting their time and your time because now you, what are you yeah. going to lie to them and tell like, oh, this and that. And now they're, they, they can go work with somebody who actually wants to get it done. Yeah. It's more kind of like a motivational partner, right? Because if you're yeah. already on that track of being accountable to yourself, well, and maybe you and that person are doing it together. That's a whole nother right level. I think that's an mm -hmm. amazing level, whether it's financially fitness, it doesn't matter. You guys are able to, you know, keep each other motivated on the journey, but you made a great point, right? Well, if I'm someone's finan or financial fitness, doesn't matter anything kind of accountability partner, but they just like, they just don't want to do it. Well, I can't, if, if I'm going to be your accountability partner and I'm letting you know every day, hey, make sure you send a picture and make sure you do this or make sure you do it and you're still not doing it well it's not that i'm not doing my job it's that you aren't opening up yourself to be able to want to be held accountable right nonetheless even be motivated because you're not being you know accountable mm -hmm. to yourself so i think that's, that's a great point i love that a lot so something you said at the beginning of the show that I, I wanted to hit on too is you spoke about you know i know you're with the um, Financial Literacy Institute one of the things you want to tell you you talk about what we're not taught in school the finances were not right. taught in school so that's huge because we're not taught that in school, but I have a, a different thought on that a little bit, not, right. not, not against it, but right. the, the point being that, you know, I hear a lot of people use that as an excuse when it comes to money and why they're not making the proper decisions. But the reality of the situation is we live in the information age. And if people, if we really want the information, just like you did COVID, you went and found the information, but the problem is people know they don't have it but they're also not seeking it. And in a time where information yeah. information is at our fingertips, you can go yeah. and ask somebody, I bet they can tell you what Cardi B did yesterday. They're telling you about what's going on with the young thug and stuff in, in Atlanta, right? But then if you ask them, hey, how much did did uh, inflation go up last year? They look at you like a deer in headlights. It's all, mm. you know, it's, but, they, but they, we have the same 24 hours, but we're spending it differently. But then those are the same people that say that, you know, everything is against them. But it's like, yo, you got to start giving yourself a leg up before anybody else can pull you up. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. So you mentioned, and this is so good, right? So our mission is to teach financial literacy skills that weren't taught in school. Now, if you like, it's, it's so interesting because there's, level, there's levels to that, right? Because there's a whole other theory on why it's not, right? That's mm -hmm. a whole other conversation. And you and I both, like, yeah. there's, that's a whole other conversation. But if you really think about it, right? Even the education that I'm going to school for, perhaps even the education you went to school for, right? That also, at the time we went to school, was also online. So if you're like, so like, this is a good conversation, right? So like, why did we go to school, right? That, that's a whole nother aspect. It's like biomedical engineering, I could probably learn the same skills on Coursera or on YouTube or Harvard or Google online or whatever and, and pay relatively nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting because there's this whole idea of paying to pay attention. And I love that so much. You pay to pay attention. I'm realizing that so much with so many aspects, like even tithing. Again, that's a whole other conversation. Spirituality, but you pay to pay attention, right? So it's like, okay, sure. Financial literacy wasn't taught in school. Now that does not mean that you should be, you know, absolutely ignorant to the idea of financial literacy because it wasn't taught in school. No. But what are you going to have to do? Yeah, now you're going to have to go outside of school and learn it yourself, which the average person doesn't want to do. And that's why, obviously, 99% are broke. Now it makes sense, right? Because if, and again, I'm going to tap very briefly into the theory, 
if financial literacy was time school, then a lot more people would be financially well off, which would mean a lot less workers, which mean the economy. And you know where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it makes sense why it's not time school. But then what's very interesting is like you just mentioned, it's out there. It really is out there. Now, you have to think about this. If it's out there and a lot of the information as what I got was free, right? Mm -hmm. So then, and, and it's very interesting too, because I, I, I keep it, I absolute buck with the with the people in the FAC session and the FAC you know program that we have. It's like I some I, I tell some of the like strong people in there too who are doing really well. It's like a lot of the information that we're teaching to you is not new information. And by no means are we you know uh, SIE, are we you know some financial advisor? No, no, like I, no, right? Mm -hmm. But there's some degree of paying to pay attention. You like you have to pay to pay attention. Same thing with school, right? You rack up student loan debt, and yet now obviously you get a degree and you get some sort of uh, certification and you get, um, you know, some, some backing for what you did. So a company can hire, hire you yet. Yeah, sure. But you could have got that same certification, maybe not to the collegiate degree, but you can get that same kind of certification for SolidWorks, for MATLAB, for Minitab, for you name it, right. Online. Yeah. So why do we go to school? Why do we do this? Because we pay to pay attention. I think that's completely real. And I can, you know, see that with a lot of the guys in the FAC program, because a lot of them are hungry. It's a whole other thing. A lot of them are hungry to get that financial information and it is out there for free, but then you have to think about, I want it now. I kind of want it. I want it, you know, con condensed and reduced and cut out all the BS, right? Because for me, I learned a lot of information I told you about two and a half years ago, right? And I'm now at a point where I'm selling this information, basically information arbitrage, right? And, and people are paying us for it to get it in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So if you really think about it, the people in the FAC are getting a huge discount time-wise because yeah. they don't have to go through all the things that I went through or the mistakes and they're just paying it with money and now they get the information like that within you know an hour so it, like it, paying to pay attention is very it's a very interesting you know um, philosophy with it and I believe that's why a lot of people you know either don't do it because they don't want to pay right because they, they don't understand that value mm -hmm. or the reason why they do do it is because you know again maybe going back to the accountability piece but also too it gets that it gets that information to them like this without having to go read all those books listen to all those podcasts talk to all those mentors watch all those youtube videos that's probably you and i did right so i believe that's probably what it is no, that was that was that was well said and i to to add on to this a little bit more you know when when the, as the information's out there right there's a lot of people that you know aren't comfortable with numbers don't really understand all the jargon right and i'm right. not expecting someone to go out there and learn everything because that's what we're here for. Like you said, you know, <laughs> right. I'm, you're paying me to put this, not only to simplify it and like make, right. give it to you faster, but also be able to, you're paying me for my ability to be able to break it down into something that relates to your lifestyle for one, yeah. but two, yeah. just like with anything. And you know, you break it down. We'll start with this, with the financial piece, right? If I, if I, if you go and say, you just, you reading something on, you know, credit, and you don't necessarily understand everything, but because you read it now, say you come and sit down with, you know, now you come and sit down with me or they come and sit down with you. Well, because I at least went through it and got a basic understanding, the questions that I asked will be more effective to get me towards the answer I want. It's very different coming into the situation and be like, I don't know what I'm doing as opposed to like, Hey, I saw this, this, and this, what, what does that mean? And how does, how does it apply to me? You know, it's like, oh, I can help you with that. I can't really, I, it takes a lot longer to help with, I don't know what I'm doing as opposed to like, hey, can you explain this to me and how I can break, you know, it's like, okay, because now you've given yourself some direction by doing some research. You know, you don't have to mm -hmm. figure out the whole world. Hey, we do all the reading. That's what all those books and things are. Exactly, but what, exactly. But what is expected is that 
you start the groundwork because I can't learn for you. And no matter what, even at the end, the expectation is that after you're done being coached, you continue to learn and build the confidence over time right. to do it because I'm no, I'm not going to be here forever. So whether yep. whether or not you work with a coach or an advisor or anything else, at some point the onus still goes on to you. Yeah, no, that's real. And and you know, I, again, I keep it absolutely. I love what you just said, right? Because keeping it real with the guys in the FAC program, it's like we explain to them, we understand, we don't, and we don't expect that they stay in the program forever and continue to have to pay and do all these kinds of things. Now, if you do that, great. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. But, but it's like the habits that you're learning with us, even for the people, I mean, also just keep, I love having this real conversation, keeping it real with the guys, even for the people who, let's say they got what they wanted out of the FTC program and they, you know, they, 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 they leave it right. Or they, they're, they're done with it, which is fine. And obviously that's that. That's obviously, that's how it works. We yeah. reach out to them. We ask them, hey, did you get what you came into the program looking for? Did your mindset change financially? Or did your, you know, yeah, did your mindset change financially, right? Because we understand, we hope that, that post-AC, post-program, that these skills and habits are ingrained in you. And then it gets, it even gets a little deeper than that. This is now where I selfishly think about it. It's like, wow, I and you are not only teaching these people, but we're teaching teaching them and they are going to teach their kids. They might even teach their spouse. Yeah. They might, their kids might even teach their kids. And that's where it starts to get really generationally deep. It's like, wow, I'm really put a lot of passion and purpose into my coaching because I'm want to make sure this sticks, they change and it continues. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause what we hope is that, you know, or what we, I guess, hope that doesn't happen is that you come to the program and everything. And then let's say you leave, right. And whether we hear back from you or not, we would hope that you know what doesn't happen is that you just fall off and you go back to your old ways. No, clearly you didn't learn what you uh, do. Or I, I got to take accountability. I was a bad coach, right? But we understand that we want to give you that kind of service so you can continue these habits as you go out through your life. Right? And as you just mentioned, right? As a coach, it's kind of the expectation is a little more on us that we had all that knowledge, like we read the books or we got licensure or you know we we did a lot of our research or whatever, so we can bring you because there's a level of trust. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, they're paying us. So they're expecting that the information we're telling them is, you know, valid information, which 100 mm -hmm. percent, obviously, as it should be like that's That's part of the business and services aspect of it. Right. So, mm -hmm. no, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And I think when you kind of think about it like that, where it's like, you know, I'm not only just teaching this person, I'm teaching them habits that they're also going to teach their spouse, their kids, their friends, their family. And hopefully they get excited about it. Right. And that's, that's a level of responsibility of us as a coach, kind of like teachers, because teachers are teaching us what we need to know students. But if we're not learning, well, that's 100% on, well, not 100%, I can't say 100%, but it's a majority on the teacher based upon the way that they're teaching, right? So, and that, that's a whole nother level of being like kind of a good teacher and a good coach. But no, I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said there. I think that's, I think that's really good. Yeah. So, when it, when one of the things that I've noticed, with a lot of clients and, and I, I speak about this a lot on, on a lot of my content and it's always interesting after working with a client about two months, especially the ones that come in and like, yo, I'm, I'm really serious about this and whatever you tell me to do, like I'm going to execute viciously. Yeah. One of the things that always ends up happening is they realize that the people that before we met, they were spending time with, they, they start having to spend less time with. And yeah. It's because, you know, they they realize that their visions aren't aligned. Now that they're trying to level themselves yeah. up and get in a better position, yeah. they realize That's that the good. people that they're, they, they were spending their time with and doing things with don't have the same drive. And the things that they focus on directly counteract their goal, their goal to become Absolutely. financially free, to get out of debt, 
you know, every decision, they everything they want them to participate in will bring them more into debt. It's bringing them more stress. It's getting them, you know, more offline. And once they start locking in and they have that accountability and somebody that, you know, we've been working and they built trust with me, they realize that, wow, I need a, I need a group of people <laughs> like you. Facts. And it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Like I need to get rid of these people. But yeah. they get a, there is also a feeling of guilt that comes with it. Cause they're like, true, you know, Hey, I don't really, I feel bad because like, am I abandoning my friends? And I always ask this question. I say, Okay, so you've identified that the things that they try to get you to do take you away from your goals and aren't necessarily really good for you, right? But what you're trying to do and get everyone to do can benefit and skyrocket all the rest of your lives. So wouldn't it make sense that it would adjust to where you're trying to go because you're the one that can lead people to a better life as opposed to being there? And if they really cared about you as friends, they would recognize that and they would be on board. But because they don't and they're not, there's probably any people for you and you shouldn't feel bad. They don't feel bad about trying to pull you away from your goals. So why do you feel bad about pulling away to seek your goals? Yeah, no. And that, that's a, that's a really good component to a lot of this. Right. And I think that, that when these conversations do come up, right. Kind of a couple, couple of things are asked. Number one, I asked that same person, are you willing to take the responsibility to teach maybe what I'm teaching you or maybe what you're learning on your own now that you're again, your whole paradigm is shifting. Because again, finances is just, it's so interrelated to so many different things, right? So if your finances are leveling up, your fitness is leveling up, your spirituality, your social skills, your, your relationships. passion, everything, relationships, everything, right? So are you going to take the responsibility to teach your friends? Are you going to be that leader? That's the first question, right? Ah, no, I'm not ready for that one yet. Okay, that's fair. Okay, second question, like you just asked, do you see these friends as assets or liabilities, right? And if that stumps them, they think about it for a second, well, you already got your answer, right? And I understand this because it's a factor of loyalty. And I completely respect loyalty, 1,000%. But maybe keep those friends at an arm's distance. Loyalty right? goes both ways. That's real. That couldn't, that couldn't, be, that couldn't be closer to the truth, right? Uh, and without absolutely cutting off the relationship, keep them at an arm's distance, right? Mm-hmm. Without, again, without, you know, just throwing them off in the distance, just ensure that they're not hindering your growth. Because then that's something that, well, clearly we're not really making, uh, you know, some gains here, whether it's financial or anything, because now you're sticking with the wrong people. Again, you're, average, you're the average of the five most, you know, people you hang out the most with, right? Um, so I think I think that's a beautiful piece to it, right? And that's something where I've even understood that at a personal level. Mm-hmm. I like to tell this all the time, right? I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota, right? And there's something that the Midwesterns, we call the Midwest mindset. It's very complacent. It's very like, I'm not leveling up, right? It's not a Dallas. It's not an Atlanta. It's not a New Orleans. It's not a New York. It's not hustle bustle. Yeah, like the Minnesota, the Ohio, the Michigan, like the very like comfortable, like still like there's some well off people, but like mm-hmm. we're not hustling, right? And I'm not I'm not over condoning like the hustle culture. No, yeah. what I'm saying is like the leveling up culture. I think I like that a lot, right? So I've understood that at a personal level, where my even my prior to like you know FY the standard, all these other groups, right? Prior to all of this, I was the and you could probably relate to this as well. And I know a lot of people that I know now in my current groups uh, relate to this, where I always felt like I was the big fish in my friend group, right? And that's not, that was never to knock on my friends at the time, but friends would always come to me for financial, you know, tips and tricks, for fitness tips and tricks, for educational and career, you know, fair, career fair, career prep, all these kinds of like people still come to me to this day for resumes and LinkedIn reviews, right? I'm always that, that big fish, right? And I always felt like I was consistently pouring into people, poor, 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 mm-hmm. but then two things came out of that. Number one, it was exhaustion trying to pour into people who probably more than 75% of them didn't want to be poured into in the first place. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're probably not going to take the information. And then number two, well, 
those same people rarely would ever be poured back into me or whatever pour back. So it's like, like hold on. So what, what's going on here? Right. Um, so then I, I came to understand that I probably like a lot of people, I tell this to all the time, right. It's going to get a little bit uncomfortable, but with that uncomfortability, that's where, that's where growth, uh, you know, stems, you're probably going to have to find a community outside of the people that, you know, whether it's digital, whether it's a different state, like myself, I went to school in Ohio. I grew up in Minnesota. People ask me that question all the time. Hey, why do I go to school in Ohio? Right. And I give them the whole, the whole spiel, D1 soccer and biomedical engineering or whatever. Right. But I'm so glad that I did because if I would have stayed and still in the Midwest, mind you, but if I would have stayed with the same people that I grew up with, not knocking them, but it's like, I know, I still know a lot of people. I see them on the Snapchat stories and Instagram. They're still in the same place that they were five years ago, my guy. And that, that's not good. Like it's not good. Right. You're staying with the same people who are probably keeping you down. So you need to kind of get uncomfortable. Maybe again, whether it's online with online groups, or, you know, you can find uh, maybe if you're at school studying a different place, you want to start to study with the smart people. Maybe you need to start going to the library, bro. Right. There's, it's all about yeah. environment and perspective. Right. Um, and it's like, that's why I like to tell a lot of the guys who are people who are leveling up in their lives. If you feel like now you're going this way and your friends are still staying here. Well, without, throwing away your friends, again, put the arms distance. And then now it'll be up to them if they, you know, stop reaching out to you. Da, da, da. Okay, cool. Maybe some friendships aren't meant to be there. Maybe it's only there for a season. It is what it is. Yeah. Start to find like-minded people. And it's really, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not that hard. How? Maybe you're watching a certain YouTube video and you're looking at the comments. You can align with anybody there. Or maybe, you know, you're tapping into, uh, you know, you there's Discord communities about basically everything now. And I, and I, one of the reasons I brought up Discord is that, like even FLI. And I know I talked to you about that earlier today. Like, like it's so interesting to try to find communities that are out there so you can already be put with people in a fast matter with people who are already your mindset, right? And that's something we did with FLI's FAC program that once you join the program, you get access to that kind of community where you're already around people who, again, were vulnerable enough with their finances to want to, you know, get better just like yourself. Um, but then also two are similar minded where they're growing financially. So they're most likely growing spiritually fitness wise. Again, I mentioned the fitness tab. So you're already around people who you're growing with, right? And then whether you want to take those conversations offline, when I say offline, like hopping on a Zoom, I guess it's all online, but having that face-to-face -face rather than that chat, mm -hmm. right? And kind of creating new friendships with people who are already on your mindset. I'm saying all this because that's exactly what I did, mm -hmm. right? Coming from Minnesota, going to Ohio, knew, knowing nobody, having this basically restart, but knowing that I'm now going to change and be very hyper-selective with the people I put in my friend group because I'm, I'm built different, right? Cut from a different cloth. I need people who are next to me who are cut from a different cloth. That's why you got Zachary Owen, Sean Lacey, Tyrone Johnson, Josh Pesesi, you know, the other two guys are also ambassadors of the FLI um, uh, group. So shout out to them. But, you know, guys like you, my network, right? Guys who are really focused on that growth. It was hard to kind of see the guys I grew up with in high school distance away, but sometimes that's life. Right. And that's not to yeah. say that you can never reconnect with them in the future. You can't hang out with them. No, you can obviously do that, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And I just, you, you just got to keep it real with them. Right. You just got to keep it real. Yeah. So change of environment, I think is critical. I, me yeah. and, uh, so, you know, my, my, I think you've seen tellers and trust my partners on video. Yeah. Yep. And I met the them too. They're at the Miami. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. In Miami. Yep. Yeah. So one of the things we speak about is how important it is for a change of environment. And yeah. I think it's for a couple of reasons, but one, is for a perspective shift. If you stay in one place your whole life, that's the only perspective you have. And it's very hard to grow if you only keep one perspective. Like I, as I've traveled and done things and seen different countries and met different groups of people and had different kind like my perspective, I've gained more perspective, which not only helps me, you know, with things like critical thinking and being able to also advise people better, right? Because as a coach, 
if I only have one perspective to coach you from, then it's limited. I can't really do much for you. But if I've put myself in uncomfortable situations to grow and I know uh, people think with this one and I, I, it's not, it's not enough to just know what they think, but also, you know, I have conversations with them to understand why, because now, Oh, I never thought of it that way. But now as I get all these things set up, as I get all these things set up, what it allows me to do is really go in and like give them, okay, well, have you thought about it this way? this way this way because everybody thinks differently and one thing that hits somebody hits one person well isn't necessarily going to hit another person well so being able to just pull from these different and and on another note it also just pushes you when you like you said you went to ohio but when you went there not knowing anyone not having those those people that you're used to having around in your network just there with you that forced you to figure out what you really wanted, what to do. You had to choose, all right, well, I can go this way or this way. You chose the way that was going to be better for you. But now there was no excuse. It wasn't, no, I was born into this. You went there. So whatever path you choose, you chose it. That's real. And that's the difference. You know, when it's easy to stay home and just use your environment as an excuse, when you go somewhere else, you have a real choice to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and that's that's something that I like to challenge people on, right? And now it doesn't have it doesn't have to be as extreme as like for myself, like going completely different states. Now, mind you, that might be that might be a really good you know uh, choice for you if you're very limited in the current space that you're at. But it also starts with even the the social media you're consuming, right? Mm-hmm. Environment and and you know the the media that you're consuming because you you're not only the average of the five most people you hang out with, you're also the average of the five most people you watch, mm-hmm. you listen to and you consume, right? That's a whole another environment that people have to take into account, right? So if they're making excuses on their geographical location, okay, well, that's depending on the geographical location. But now you have to think about, okay, the way that you speak, the way that you act, the way that you think, is it stemming from the media that you're consuming, right? Mm -hmm. Are you consuming positive or negative media, right? And that's something we talked about uh, with FLI probably uh, this last summer. I went to several high schools back at home in in Minnesota where I gave a lot of, you know, um, speeches and keynotes uh, to to high school students and I oh, talked about so. it and I kind of gave the parallels. Yeah, yeah. I gave yeah. the parallels between like life and video games, right? Okay. And again, I'll, I'll kind of put a pin in that. Before that, I also talked about social media because as you know, a lot of people even younger than us are probably on more social media than we are, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, they grew they up in the news iPhone. That's a that's who they yeah. grew up in it, right? But it's like it's the, it's the algorithm of life, and I think that's so fascinating. The algorithm of life, right? Whatever mm. that you consume or surround yourself with the algorithm whether it's life or social media is going to continue to feed it to you it's going to continue to con- I like continue that. to feed it you that's right deep. right because like that. that's deep there's layers to that right because you think about tiktok tiktok very interesting right you spend even one two three seconds on a video doesn't matter what's related to you you scroll to the next one it's going to be somewhat similar i kid yep. you not it's like like let's say someone's like making something with food or like you're creating like a meal you maybe what oh that's interesting spend a couple seconds on it more than average next probably something related to food. Why? Because the algorithm is going to, if you, let's say you stay on the next one again, hmm, then the third and the fourth, it's going to, it's going to continue to feed it to you, going to continue to feed it to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it like that, same thing for life, negative people, positive people, any kind of people, whatever you allow, you're probably going to get more of it. You're most likely. And once you're so deep in one way, it's very hard to switch out of it to the complete opposite. Now, mind you, right? If, let's say you were completing the positive and you're around positive people, people who are motivating you. Well, then why would you want to go to the negative side? Again, that's going to be a hard switch for you internally. Why would yeah. you want to go to the negative side? But on the inverse, if you're deep into the pessimism, people who are glass half, uh, glass half empty, right? They're just people who have the kind of that fixed mindset. Well, then it's like, that's an excuse. I can sit here, be a victim 
uh, I don't want to, I don't want to take responsibility. I don't want to take accountability. <sighs> I'm good on that. Right. Yeah. That's equally as hard to do, but whatever you're allowing into your life, it will multiply. It literally is an algorithm, right? And that's something again, talked about it um, just at length with high school students, as well as the parallel between video games, mind you. Right. And I think what's very interesting about video games is kind of like, if you think of like, let's say for you, you'd probably play back in the day, Call of Duty, Madden, and if like that's all, actually, that's the two right there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Call of Duty Madden. Back right? in the day. Not, back in the day, bro. Like for me, it was it was Call of Duty and it was FIFA. Oh, I was nasty at mm. FIFA. And Call of Duty, man. Quick scoping on Black Ops 2, I was dirty. Nonetheless, I I give this parallel to almost all, all kinds of high school students I talk to. Why? Because a lot of high school um, you know, guys and girls are a lot into video game, video gaming, right? And if you think about a video game, video game, you have to have strategy. You have to, you know, kind of be thinking outside the box. You have to, you know, have communication skills. You have to be goal oriented, right? There's a lot of like life skills that are in a video game and they, and they strategically make them in a specific way where it's like, you feel like you're getting what you instinctively as a human is getting in life. But in a video game where you're not probably progressing in real life, but you're progressing in the game, mm-hmm. right? Cause I know, and you probably know a lot of these people who are probably master prestige level 100 and all these video games. And they're like, their avatar is like fit and just buff and they're killing it. But in real life, they're probably like a slob. They're not doing anything. They're in the mom's basement, da, 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 right? So they think they, they think that their whole life and their avatar is in this video game when obviously you're not doing anything in real life. But then I give the, I, this is this is where now where it gets start deep, uh, gets deep, right? When I'm at these high schools and I talk to these kids, and again, a lot of a lot of guys back in the day played Call of Duty, right? So they probably know this analogy as you. In this game, when you level up and when you achieve things, you probably get compensated for what you do, right? And in the game, it's like XP, which is experience mm-hmm. or call of duty points or call of duty coins or whatever it is nowadays. Right. So you get some sort of, you know, monetary return or some sort of experience points. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I tell these kids, I'm like, guys, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because you're not just going to be sitting in a chair and hopping on with your friends and think you're achieving stuff. No, but can you take those same friends or take that same kind of mindset, that strategy and apply it to life? Maybe you're picking up a, a side job over here. Maybe you're networking over there. Maybe you get a degree over here. Maybe you start a business over here. Maybe you're talking to these, like if you ever played Pop Tropica, I think that's an amazing analogy. Like Pop Tropica back in the day, it's a super fun game where you had to like talk to certain people to get certain kind of information. And, mm. da, da, da. and then at the end, like you have to like have this boss battle and get this medal, right? Life is literally the same way where now instead of getting a medal in a video game, we're getting Call of Duty points, you get this. And you get ex- actual experience, you get social skills, you get a bigger network, right? So I love to think as my personal life as a video game. This is why like, I don't even play video games anymore because I'm literally leveling up my avatar and I'm continuously getting compensated, not only monetarily, but again, with better networks, mm-hmm. whether it's experience, social skills, right? And confidence, this is where it starts to you know? confidence, at confidence, confidence, absolutely, right? And this is where if your outlook on life can really start to get fun. If you think about it in that way, that not only is it a video game, but again, going back to the social media, it's also whatever you're going and setting out to get, you're probably going to get more of it, positive or negative, positive or negative, right? So make sure to pay attention to what kind of social media you're watching, what kind of people you're listening to, right? Because you're probably going to get more of it. Same thing in real life, the kind of people you surround yourself with, they probably know people who are just like them. They're going to be surrounded by you. So it's just going to continue to multiply. So the social media and the video game analogies, I love talking to people about that because I think it's completely real. No, I really, I really like that analogy. You should definitely uh, make some more, some more uh, stuff on that. I think that's that's dope. You know, so what? Another thing that kind of feeds off of that is, you know, I having conversations. You know, I talk to a lot of people. Like we, we, we talk to a lot of people. And one of the things I see is the general consensus is that only negativity 
builds and compounds. Mm. But, you know, one of the things that I try to get people to un- realize and understand is that positivity also compounds. Like yeah. you just like things seem to keep going downhill and you like, oh, this bad thing happened. And then that bad thing happened and things just keep getting worse. And I just can't escape. And it's, you know, I can't win. So why try? Right. My rebuttal is that, well, if you do try and you give it a strong effort, what that will allow you to do is change the negative format because negative, negative things don't happen for no reason. There's something that was done to cause that thing to happen. So the first start to stop in it is one identifying those things, those habits, like we spoke about earlier, those decisions you're making, because it's all about decision-making. And if you're making the right decisions, you can counteract those negative things that are happening over time, just like habits and everything else is those positive decisions and those positive, other positive things continue to compound. Now, instead of sitting down and every day you getting angry and angry and angrier, it's just going to be more positivity and positivity. And even in times where negative things happen, you know how to overcome them so quickly that you just brush them off. Like it's not even mm-hmm. because you know, this isn't, nah, that's just something that happened. It's not, that's not a normal part of my life at this point. Yeah. Like for me, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, like I was just, I was trying to remind myself of the three words I want to talk about. It's Murphy's law, it's perspective and it's accountability. And I think that's super interesting because like Murphy's law, when you think something's going bad and you're already in a bad mood and something else happens bad, then you start to pay really fine attention to all the things that are happening bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Murphy's law is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like it's just going to continue to happen whether you pay attention to it or not, but going out of perspective, same thing, right? If things are good happening, right. This is something I used to do uh, probably when I was in like my, and we talked about this on our, on our podcast a couple weeks ago, on my entrepreneurial journey, like deep into it this last summer, where I was going through it, right? Kind of having the dichotomy from switching to like, you know, corporate America, entrepreneurial, or even trying to balance to the, I was really in my head, right? But having a perspective of like, this is bad or good if I choose it to be. Mm. This is bad or good if I choose it to be. It's all right? about the mindset. It's all about the mindset. Now that goes to the third point. It's about, it's about accountability, right? If it's bad, if something happens, even at like an entrepreneur in, my, in the business or at school, if I get an F on exam, whatever, I'm raising my hand. I'm like, that was on me. It's no, I'm not, I'm not paying fault to the teacher. I'm not paying fault to my friend I study with. I'm not paying fault to my parents who kept me up because they're, you know, they're talking or whatever. It doesn't matter. Anything that happens in your life, good or bad, you have to take accountability. Now, obviously it's a fun thing to take accountability when it happens good, but it's even more important to take accountability when things are bad. Because when you take radical accountability, that kind of neutralizes you, right? Because if you're thinking, oh, everything's bad and it's all oh, darn Murphy's Law and the world's out to get me. No, 99% of the time, things are happening, good or bad, are completely respective to what you did prior to it happening. Mm-hmm. It's all about accountability. And I love telling people that when you start to have take extreme accountability for everything that happens in your life, good or bad, you start to realize you're really in control of what happens. Like you mm-hmm. really are not, obviously other than God, but you're really up to the choice of the people you allow into your life, relationships, friendships, whatever, you allow, right? I completely allowed me to be studying biomedical engineering, right? And I, I, I could have taken full accountability. I could have learned more and try, try to find more of my passion when I was younger, try to understand, okay, maybe what, what could I, maybe let's go against a little bit respectfully of what my father's telling me to go into biomedical engineering. And I did it. Again, that's completely on me, but I'm not saying it's a bad idea. But basically everything I'm saying is that with, with the right kind of perspective where, you know, whether it happens good or whether it happens bad, like and the whole, another aspect too is like, kind of control the only control the controllables you can't control the uncontrollables that's all another yeah. thing right but just again the big theme i want to talk about here is radical accountability 
right? So if people are always down in the dump, oh, this is always happening to me. Oh, I can't, I can never get financially wealthy because I always am living paycheck to paycheck. Hold on. Well, why are you living paycheck to paycheck? Because that's completely on you. That's not the government's fault. That's not your parents' fault. That's not your job's fault. They should not, not that they shouldn't be paying you more, but like, do you have the skills? Are you expressing this to your manager? Are you, you know, are you, are you actually trying to make progress in this? Right. So it's all about accountability, but your average person will play a victim and be like, ah, man, I'm already down the dumps. Why are you pointing fingers? I mean, it's not my fault. Right. And then, and then they're going to get more and more shelled up. So you have to, obviously as a coach, you have to be able to, you know, wordsmith that correctly in a way that, you know, doesn't make them get defensive and ball up and you kind of put up a shield, but having those kinds of social skills as you and I do as a coach, able to understand, Hey, you know what? Think about it this way. Cause again, going back to perspective, it's not Murphy's law. It's you, it's accountability, right? And that's why it's very interesting, you know, with like relationships, if you're familiar with Pastor Stephen Chandler from Union Church, he talks about this, I think in this last February, his his, uh, his theme for his sermons was like, it's not that deep kind of relative like relationships, right? Romantic relationships. He talked about one of his sermons, how like, if you are finding out that a lot of relationships, romantic relationships were not working, right? You know, you're getting constantly broken up. You're not liking your partner, this, that, and the third. Well, what's the common denominator? Mm, mm. right have to have that accountability and right now I'm, I'm just talking about a relationship right the finances right obviously that's the theme that you and i always talk about but everything you have to take accountability and then you start to understand that you it's actually freeing because now you know man i can take control of this it's not the government that's make, keeping me poor it's not the schools because they're not teaching me finances that are keeping me poor no i'm keeping me poor because i'm not choosing to go and pay for a financial accountability coach to go and you know, it doesn't have to pay, to pay yeah, but I'm not yeah. taking the time to go and learn things. I'm not taking, you know, responsibility to get my finances unlocked. That's on me. Yeah. Radical accountability. I think that was the big thing I want to get there, but you know, yeah, absolutely. Great point. So the flip side of that too, and this is one of the most impactful things I have learned is building off of, you know, like you said, the accountability allows you to recognize that you are in control of your life and you're the only one in control of it. But on the flip side, you know, the thing that was told to me was that, if you, if you don't take accountability and you blame everyone and everything else for what's going bad in your life, then all you're doing is telling yourself that you have no control over your life. Mm. And yeah. when you have no control over your life, things tend to happen that you didn't plan for. Yeah. 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 So hearing that, I was like, oh, oh, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I ain't no excuses over here. I, I, I got it. I did it because I, I do feel like I'm a person that's in control. And mm -hmm. if something happens that I didn't plan for, you best believe it won't be long until I've gotten control of that too. Like I, it's yeah. not, there, there's no other option. Like I, yeah. why, I trust me more than anyone else because I always yeah. have, I always have my best interests at heart. And that's what I would tell my clients. Like, yo, the only person that can truly have your best interests at heart is you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, after we sit down and we discuss the plans and we talk about all these things, you are the one that has to execute it. I can't execute it. All I can do is make sure that I'm giving you the most effective information to help you do what you need to do. But at yeah. the end of the day, you are completely the one in control of how this out, how this outcome comes out. It, it's either going to work. And if it works, it's because you did what needed to happen for it to work. That's true. And that's good work, accountability. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't do what needed to happen for it to work. And yeah. it, it's, it's very clear, but it's the decision is on you, but either way, you got to recognize that it's completely in your control. But once you recognize that, it is truly freeing because then it tells you like, okay, well, I, what I can do it then. There's that, what, what can I do? And you know, 
the only things that you may not be able to do at the time are the things that you're limited to by skill and information, but those are things that you can attain. And if you get, if you get control of your finances, your ability to attain different skills and more information happens faster because now instead of working every day to pay other people back, you can build that money up to start investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you invest in yourself and learn these skills, these attributes, these things, now you're making yourself better. But along the way, you're going to make yourself, everyone else around you better. And though, yeah. you know, going through those things, going to these events, learning these things is also going to probably bring you to groups of people that are more like you. Like every, you see everything builds and it just it builds together. It but you, it starts, you know, I tell people, they're like, ah, it's like, I'm like, yo, just start. Yeah. Just yeah. start. It, it doesn't have to. And I think that that was one of the biggest things for me, even with business, anything is like, you know, the, the perfection is I have to get it hundred percent. Right. And like anybody, you know, I tell people, yo, it takes 90 days for you to even perfect your most people, 90 days, about 90 days to perfect a budget. So if, it's, if you know, going in, it's probably going to take you 90 days to where you get comfortable, you know, your number, you know, how to you operate, how you want to set things up. Why would you allow little mistake, little things here and there between that 90 days to, to upset you and, and derail you. Right, right. Yeah. It's a part of the no. process because 100%. you have to learn. The people don't recognize that failure is all it is, is you just learn what not to do. That's another thing you get to add to your catalog. You know, I talk on the business side, right? I talk to people and they'd be like, you'll see a guy and he go, well, let's say like a property. He could walk up and be like, oh man, you know what? It's probably gonna take about this much to do this, blah, blah. I need to do the floors, the walls. Um, that's gonna cost about this much uh, based off of this. Okay, so the roof's gonna need to be replaced. And then somebody who's coming into it is like, wow, how does he know all of this? Like, I could never be that smart. But they don't recognize that, yo, he put in 15 years of pain and every lesson that's cost him bread, tears, yeah blood, all of those things as cataloged in the back of his brain. So now yeah. all those lessons he learned through the losses got him to the point to where he can walk up and immediately evaluate a deal, but it didn't happen overnight. But mm. there's this, there's this thought that now, especially, yeah. you know, Amazon and, and social media, everything happens so fast and people go into all these situations, even I have, how long is this going to take? Well, it's going to take as long as it took, but like, you know, if it took you 10 years to get into $80,000 of debt, don't expect to get out of it overnight. Like, that's just unrealistic. Like, you weren't complaining yeah. when you were getting there. Like, it, we can't, it can't happen overnight. You got to mm -hmm. get yourself where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. And there's so much to unpack right there, right? So, it's so good. It's so good. So, number one, I think the biggest thing you talked about, like, the journey, mm -hmm. right? And this is where, again, the video game analogy starts to come back up because it's like, we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. It's not going to be easy. But you go back to the perspective, all the things that you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago about, you know, you know, the people that you have around you, the jobs, the businesses, the schooling, self-education, whatever, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But can you shift your perspective and be like, you know, this, I can make it fun. Like you can make it fun. It can, you can make the journey enjoyable. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Right. Because it's like, without being hyper fixed on the destination, when you found, when you find happiness and joy in the pursuit like that's where it really starts to become addicting in the best way possible right you're enjoying you know getting uh, getting up early and hitting the gym you're enjoying and, you, and then you start to focus on the details right like whether you bring a hat to the gym now you're locked in you, you turn down the bill and now it's just you and your music you're locked in yeah. you're taking photos for accountability in the gym right 
um, you know, and with the budget, you're starting to see, you know, starting to see some traction with your budget after the 90 days. Oh, wow. Like I really start to understand my habits. I'm actually getting this. So then you start to double down, um, maybe with your spirituality, maybe like you're going to church, you're reading the Bible more and starting to understand even why you're religious in the first place, right? Or what, what God is like, I don't understand all these things. Right. And again, I can talk about multifacets of life, but when you start to have this understanding that the fun in the game is actually life and that you have control of it. And you start to shift your perspective of this is fun. That's okay. where it really starts to really feel like, like you are the main character of your movie, right? So that, that's just one of the first things I want to talk about. Because I think I think that's super interesting, right? And and then now for the second thing, it's like for me, for a lot of people, I understand that this kind of topic is seldomly talked about, right? So giving that benefit of the doubt, it's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. I completely understand. But then having that kind of like, hey. I've been there. I know having that empathy, like I know exactly what you've been through. And you, and us as a coach, maybe you're showing receipts. I've done this. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly what that's through, right? I like to tell people, you're going to go through something that me teaching you, you're going to surpass a lot of the failures like you're talking about that I went through, right? But then now when I talk about the failures, I don't want them to be discouraged about failure because this is very interesting, right? When someone says, oh man, I took an L on this exam or I took an L, L with this business or I took an L with this, right? Well, what's that L? What does it stand for? That's for a lesson. Right? If you pull it's it a out. Lesson. If you pull if it out, pull true. It out. It's true. Again, it's about perspective, big facts, right? It's a lesson, right? And that's something that I, th I think is just very interesting how like school, just to talk about very briefly, it's like school, they very much like they, they scare you from failure. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I really, like I I'm building a better relationship with school as i'm finishing up here in may and i want to because again i want to make sure i have a good mindset to finish off and finish strong yeah but like a couple years ago i'm gonna keep it real a couple years ago like i hated school not because school itself and being around people no it's about like if you failed or you did bad or got a d or a c like everybody especially engineering right? you know this like yeah. everybody's like like top tier prep right yeah like you you would have your peers cry if they got a yeah. 97 on an exam right yeah and i'm looking yeah. at that you know what i'm saying and i'm looking at that like 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 chill like you're not like it's not that deep right yeah. so school for a lot of people has very much frowned upon failure but mm. it's i like to tell people failure is one of the it's, it's going to teach you so much more than your than your teacher did right because there's one thing there's theory is one thing application is a whole other thing with application yeah. you're probably going to fail even the with art. theory and the application you're probably going to fail right yeah. and and i don't think school sets people up for the real world in that area because i know people personally that they, they, they put a lot of their identity in their grades and how, you know, that is a reflection of who they are, where once you get past school, there's no such thing as a grade. So, so, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? Yeah, right? what is, what is your, how, who's going to hold your identity now? Right. Mm -hmm. That's where you have to kind of take full accountability. Hey, if I fail an exam, number one, that's on me, but number two, it's not that deep. Like now I know I have to change the way that I study yeah. or I need to take this a little more seriously, or I need to sit in the front of the class. Right. Yeah. So these kinds of lessons are crucial and in my opinion, are way more valuable. If you ask again, like you just mentioned, that, that person who's looking at the house, they know all these things because they failed a lot. They know exactly what's going to fail, right? So even your, your average millionaire, they've gone through so many failures, but have used those as stepping stones to continue and most likely expedite their success, right? So I like to tell everybody, you're going to fail, but that's perfectly part of the process. You're gonna yeah. learn so much from that. So even though it does take you three months to master a budget on average, right? Those first three months prior to mastering it, you're gonna you're gonna go outside of your allotted money mm -hmm. that you allotted, right? Yeah. You're gonna you know you're you're gonna have to sacrifice some things. It's not gonna feel so good, 
but those failures in the budget by that third month, it's like, okay, now I got this down. Yeah, I got this down. Why? Makes sense. Starting, starting to make quick. sense, right? Because mm-hmm. again, what does the failure tap into going to the beginning of this podcast? It taps into your emotion. Oh man, I'm not cut out for this. Or oh man, I I'm not as smart as I thought I was, right? The Dunning Kruger effect. You really think you're something until ooh man, I'm nothing. And then you go all, and then let me put my finger over here. Dunning Kruger guy goes like this. Ooh, I really think I'm something. And then you really get slapped in the face by reality, or other people are better than you. Ooh, I'm yeah. nothing compared to any of the things I thought I was. And then now you go on this process of mastery, right? That's what I love about the mm-hmm. Dunning Kruger effect, right? So I think a lot of this is absolutely true what you're talking about. And then for our listeners out there please like you're going to fail but you're going to learn so much from those lessons yeah you learn so much from those lessons mm, that was good so so the, the final thing that i want to mention today is something that that i like that I, I speak about with people and it's a it's it's through so we talk about perspective a lot and this is a right. perspective that's grown on me over time and you know at the beginning of this conversation we started talking about time and many times you'll hear people like we're talking, you know, like, for instance, the budget, right? And it's like, right. or, hey, it's going to take me, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's getting out of debt, whether it's investing, whatever it may be. But let's say they say like, oh, well, I don't want to do it because it's going to take me five years. Mm. But my question or my rebuttal to them is, well, five years is going to pass regardless. So when you want something to show for it. Mm, that's good. Because. Yeah they're complaining about something taking five years to get where they need to be yet in five years, that time is still going. But now on one end, five years, they're where they needed to be. The other, they just got five years of the same problem. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're, they're meaning like they want it now, right? Mm-hmm. They want it now, but then there's a whole nother aspect of, of you know, kind of going to tap very much or a little bit into the spirituality aspect. Like, and I'm even experiencing this myself, right? Graduating, looking for full-time opportunities. It's like, God, he is not going to put you in a space or a place where you're not ready for it, right? So he's preparing you in a certain season to open up a door. He's not going to let you walk through a door before you're ready, right? So even if it takes five years, it takes 10, it takes three. Number one, trust the process. And you hear that a lot, but you have to. But even more importantly, like people are saying, oh, it's going to take five years. Well, you're assuming that those five years are going to be negative or you're not going to like it. Let's go back to the perspective. Why? And I'm not, obviously this is rhetorical, but like, can you find enjoyment? Again, now that you got to tap into your why, can you find enjoyment in those five years? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to take five years? Man, I'm excited. Let's go. It, it's only going to take five years? Man, let's, I'm ready to go. And, and just like what you, I'm going to use what you just said. Well, I can do it. Not that I can do it in my lifetime, but what I'm saying is in these next five years that are, it's, it's going to happen anyway why not like you know yeah. like it's like it's going to happen why not me right why can't i do it right but it's all about finding fun in it but also understanding it might just take x amount of time before you're ready to enter that season of life that you want so badly that you're not ready for right now you're not ready if you got if you won the power ball today where it's a lot of people who win the lottery they go bankrupt why because they're not ready for that season or they're, they're in a season where they're not ready for that door to be open and it's just abruptly opened and now they get bankrupt or they go, you know, a lot of things happen because they're not, they're not ready for that season of life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of people, they have to understand where you currently are, where you want to be. It might take X amount of years. Find enjoyment in that process and then understand 
that there's a reason why you don't have it now. And it might be greater than you can even understand, right? There's a whole spirituality aspect to it where it's like, God is not going to open up a door for you that you're not ready to walk through because he's still preparing you in that season of life. So I love what you said. I, I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful rebuttal. Like the five years is going to happen anyway. Like, are you want to do another same five years of things you've been doing? Or do you want to change some stuff up, right? Find some fun in it. Yeah. Question. So before we get off here today, do you have anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Um, and also you make sure you tell them, you know, where they can find you at follow yeah. you website, all that stuff. And I'll, I'll also, you know, link all of his information in the description for the show um, as well. And once again, I'm also going to go and link the um, podcast episode from a couple of weeks yeah. ago on there as well, but go ahead, you know, no, floor is yours. Floor is yours. Oh, of course. No, I, number one, I just, uh, Eric, I just want to appreciate you having me on again. I know you and I met, uh, over Discord a couple months back, which is awesome. I'm glad, you know, this has come to fruition and I'm looking forward to the opportunities that are in the near future. And again, the things for our listeners, please go and listen to that, that podcast a couple of weeks back because Eric, you think I dropped some gems? My guy dropped some serious gems in that in that podcast. So <laughs> I appreciate you, you for having on. hundred percent. So again, thank you. Uh, you know, shout out to your listeners. Make sure you're tapping into Eric. Uh, he's someone who I can already understand. He, he's going to be doing great things. Again, some of the things we talked about in the last podcast, man, I'm excited for him. So uh, no, again, appreciate you. Uh, this is just something that you and I are both aligned with the mission and the vision to kind of teach more people uh, those financial literacy skills. Because a lot of people will think, oh, like, how are these two hopping on a podcast? Aren't they, you know, competing for the same thing? No, again, that's kind of a fixed mindset with the growth yeah. mindset. And there's so much information and people that we can help. And it's, it's really, there's so much out here, man. We can all eat. Like, I love to give the analogy mm-hmm. of like, and I've seen this in real life. I kid you not, like a, a four-way stop. And on each one of those corners has been a gas station. And why are they all thriving? All probably around the same price, $3.16 or whatever it is, doesn't matter, right? They're all at the same price because there's just so many cars, there's so much influx of people and they're all able to survive, right? So if you think about it like that, whether again, people from our listeners, they're thinking that maybe they should hold, withhold their information from people who they could perhaps build with. No, collaborate. That's exactly what Eric and I are doing. Uh, Eric and I are doing and probably we're doing with other people as well. Collaborate because there's so much out there. There's so much, and we didn't even talk about it that much today. And that could be a whole other conversation for another day, but yeah. the abundance mindset, right? There's just so much out there, whether it's money, whether it's opportunities, whether it's jobs, whether it's even a potential partner, right? There's just, yeah. there's just so much out there than what our little mind can comprehend. But when you're open to understand that there's so much out there that you can't like really define it, then it's like, Hey man, like I'm, I'm down half on a conversation to share jams with Eric. Cause I yeah. know he's, I want him to win. If he wins, I freaking win, right? Cause we're both committed to that mission. So yeah. I'm just saying all that to say that, again, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, giving me the honor to hop on this podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, come to fruition. And again, for all, all the listeners, that if you made it this far, we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully connect with you. So yeah, um, you know, for me, you can find me primarily on LinkedIn. I don't really have personal social media like that. So my personal LinkedIn is Ola Inka Famadu. Now again, my O, uh, well, my first name again, well, it means wealth surrounds me. So it's a Nigerian Yoruba name. So my O actually has the dot right under it um so for a lot of people they told me it's hard to find you on linkedin when i try to look you up yeah it kind of sucks because if you type in a regular o on linkedin linkedin doesn't have the algorithm that oh, you gotta hold the, the, you gotta hold yeah. the o well you gotta hold the o but not many keyboards even do that so what do you have to do mm-hmm. you have to probably type my last name right so f-a-m-o-d-u that's where you'll probably find it right okay. so Ole in Kofamadu, uh and then you know business social media with fli uh, at the financial literacy institute i know it's a relatively long name but the website will probably do you much better uh www t-h-e-f-l-i.net f-l-i.net uh and again hopefully uh, we'll be hearing from you guys as well but appreciate you eric i fire podcast i'm looking forward to 
you know, be on a future one as well. Cause again, the things you're going to be doing, man, I'm, I'm, I'm advocating for you. So I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah. We definitely got some, some good stuff coming in the future too. So we'll definitely have some more conversations. I mean, it, it only makes sense. We, we both in the same, same industry, you know, and this is important. I think for the listeners, kind of what you said is, right. you know, every, you know, competition doesn't always have to look the way we look like sometimes we get like it it pushes us you know like i see what you're doing you see what i'm doing okay hey i can push a little hey he's posting more let me post more it's not right it's a bad thing oh bro i seen you stepping it up like i'm about to step it up too like you can congratulate because it you want to breathe like iron sharpens iron and so you know i think it was great that we came on here because it shows that like i'm what do you have to be there's a you know my favorite phrase you kind of hit on earlier everybody eats the if anybody has been around me that stays around here they know that's my phrase all the time i mean it literally literally and you know physically like so i I really feed everybody you know that's kind of what i like to do so um but you know, hey, you know, much, you know, big thanks to you coming on the show again. Great conversation, great answers. I, I'm really glad you were able to make it on here, uh, especially after having me on your on your show as well. You know, I couldn't be on have you have me on yours and not you know flip it around and have you come back over here. So for the for the listeners, I definitely hope that y'all y'all gleam some things from the conversation today. Really good conversation, and I you know I'm I'm looking forward to the comments and the feedback from everything. So um, really, I mean that's all we got. So. You know, as I always like to say, yeah, you know, let's get in the smoke. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.